I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astro Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Carey. Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z. Of course, I am your host, Derek Carey, as always. Tonight, we're going to do a special little episode. Um, I don't do a lot of interview episodes because I don't really have the time and I don't really get the opportunity to talk to too many people. But tonight is a special episode because the gentleman I'm going to have on tonight, Mr. Robert Poole, runs IndieHorror.tv. It's an internet-based horror TV station that caters exclusively to independent horror films. Now, if you're an Astro Radio Z listener, obviously you know this is close to my heart. So, everybody, welcome on, Mr. Robert Poole. How you doing, my fine friend? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on here. Of course, man. Now, I had an episode with you a while back, and you didn't even realize it. Well, I know you realize it because I, I think you kind of advertise it a little bit. Um, uh, where you had me out at the Indie Horror TV anniversary party, your one year anniversary party, and we kind of had a roundtable uh, directors panel chat. So, actually, this is your second Astro Radio Z episode, and you didn't even know it. Yeah. yeah, actually, I do remember that you talked about it on your show after the fact because I went and reposted it for everybody. I'm like, hey, listen to this. So yeah, it's uh, it was it's a really inadvertent roundabout circle. <laughs> that is everything when it deals with independent horror. Um, so so let's introduce you to the the listeners properly, Robert. How did you get into the independent horror scene and what really draws you to want to be involved with it? I, well, what basically was happening, I've been a horror fan my whole life, um, as most of us have, so that's not really original. But um, what ended up happening was I realized that every time I'd go to these horror conventions, I'd spend, you know, you spend all your money to go see the celebrities, but you've realized, like, after the five minutes that you get to, you know, peruse through all the lines and you know shake hands and get pictures done you're walking around for a lot of time and not doing shit and i was like well I, what am i doing this whole time when i'm spending all this money to come down to a convention for an entire weekend i just tried to put that in focus and i realized i'm spending all my time in the dealer's rooms at the independent horror tables shooting the shit with all the different directors about their films and buying a shit ton of stuff that i don't get to find anywhere else and um it was kind of a common theme for every single uh, convention and when I went to Horror Hound in Indianapolis in 2012, uh, I was there and it just so happened there was just an incredible amount of awesome films all at the same time that were playing there. Uh, so it was like Found and Dead Weight and Other and uh, Teddy and Dollboy and all this stuff all at the same time. Um, so it was like holy shit! This this either this stuff's gotten a lot better than I remember or I've been missing out. <laughs> Uh, and so when I was going around talking to everybody there, I just realized there was kind of one common theme that was uh, occurring amongst all these. It's like all these all these filmmakers were making these films. They're great films, and they're making them on their own dime. Um, sometimes gutting their own personal finances, selling their businesses, um, you know, putting their personal lives in peril with their you know their significant others. Oh yeah. So you know what? 
hey, honey, I'm not going to you know, pay the rent this week or I'm not going to hold off on that. I got this movie to make. So like everyone was going through the same kind of financial struggles. And I realized they only have this short window of time. It's like maybe a year that you can be in festivals and be at all the conventions. And after that, your film sort of disappears into the abyss of everything that's out there. And yeah, nobody knows anything about your film. So I was like, well, what if we created this spot where people could actually see these films on a semi-regular basis, at least, um, and then you can come here and learn about the filmmaker. You've got like some, uh, a page that's actually promoting you during that whole process. It's sort of like a film festival, but longer, you know, like something that ex- expands beyond that whole concept and builds a community of people that not only watches your films, but supports you by purchasing those films, helping you with your next fundraiser, and really just starts to support what you do. Uh, and I had background as you know, as, uh, you know, in promotions. I've done live events before. I've done you know Google online marketing. I actually worked through Google um, to do their their YouTube advertising. It was one of the first four people to do that in the United States. Unfortunately, sorry everybody. Um, but <laughs> But like I so I've got a background in it and I'm like, well, why the hell don't I put that to use and help some of these people out who I consider friends and you know, I really love what they do and thus the genesis of any horror TV. So obviously you had to have been a fan of the old horror hosts in horror television back in the day. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and we actually have a couple of them on our channel because I make sure that they get on there. Um, we had up in Wisconsin, um, which you're from, we had Ned the Dead uh, on regularly on Green Bay Television. So I used to watch Ned all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and then when we moved down to Milwaukee, they had... Um, Later on, like this is after I was a kid, but my sons got to go through it uh, on MeTV there. They have Sanguli. So my son still to this day, now that we've moved out to Michigan, laments that we don't have Sanguli on for him to watch. So, yeah, we definitely, it's, it's been a big part of my upbringing. Has that ever been a, a piece of IndieHorror.tv that you've kind of wanted to bring back? I noticed sometimes late at night, and maybe maybe it was like, I, you'll have to correct me on this, is it like late night Saturday nights, you bring on the horror host to bring on some of the, like, the public domain shit and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, you know, we definitely do. Um, I kind of try to, so the channel is sort of like, um, if you were to go to somebody's horror movie party, uh, and watch with friends, and then you got a chat room, which kind of makes up the physical representation of your friends in your living room, and you get that all week long. Uh, but on Saturday nights, we go kind of old school, and we have the horror hosts come on, and they introduce all the movies, and it's very Elvira-ish in its way it's set up and all that. Um, yeah, we, we I purposely bring that part out. We have the Angry Brothers who actually do do that in Omaha, Nebraska on their television. And then um, from Cleveland, Ohio, Daughter of the Ghoul, Janet mm-hmm. Dickey. So we have two of them that we kind of mesh in and we try to make sure that we get as much of that as possible. Let's talk about some of the the kind of chat integration that you've brought into the channel. Have you been successful in kind of pulling people in to the the scene and getting them involved uh, by just having that chat function available during the films? I think so. And the reason I say that is that there's still not every time is, is there going to be that audience that's loud or talks a lot. But when you do get the right 
elements in place, it's really fun. I think uh, during Dustin Mills films, uh, we've seen a lot of that. When Corey Ugler's, uh, <laughs> uh The Girl Who Played With The Dead was on, we had a lot of conversation. And what we've noticed is when, these, when there is that conversation uh, and people are thinking about and talking about that film, uh, usually when their next fundraiser pops around, you start seeing a who's who of people that um, go to 80 Horror TV. Uh, I think a perfect example is we had um, the guys from Slasher Studios on um, after we played Teddy and all their shorts. And um, they were fundraising for Don't Go to the Reunion. And everyone just was like, hey, I want to support that. And when you go to the, the special thanks feature of Don't Go to the Reunion, it's like everybody that's on the channel, along with all these other filmmakers, it's like all these people in the community all together. I was like, holy shit. Even my sister, by the way, was on there, which was hilarious <laughs> because my sister's never even watched my channel. So, But, you know, you're just infectious after a while. You start getting everybody right. involved in this, in this community. Uh, That's got to be the most exciting part of it is is not only just a, from a fan's perspective, you know, being able to reach out and find these people and have them be cooperative, but to then ultimately cultivate a community of like minded, ravenous horror fans that actually want to interact with each other. And there are groups like online. It's kind of not like the old Prodigy and AOL days where everybody had to be in community. So you sort of have to find people and corral them in through different groups. And then different groups have their own personalities and their own leaders who kind of run things a certain way and whatever. We sort of don't do any of that. <laughs> we like want everybody in. And I try to stay as like middle ground, neutral Switzerland as possible and let everybody else make their own determinations and everything. And that's one of the reasons why we've never actually declined to film on the channel, uh, because I have a certain like of horror, you have a certain like of horror, everybody likes different genres uh, and subgenres within the, the niche, and I don't want to like leave anybody out, because I feel like there's so many different varied tastes that if I was to say, hey, fuck found uh, footage films, I hate them all. And it's true, by the way. Um, I would, not, you know, all those people that make those films are like, I'm not going over there. They're not going to give us a fair shake. But the reality is, is I'll treat that film just like I would treat any film, like something I would love too, because God knows who's going to come in and watch it. So I try to keep everything very organic within the community. Now, having said that, uh, that you don't reject any films. Now, have you, and I know the answer to this, but I, I, I want to put it out there anyway. Now, have you had any issues with maybe like your internet uh, provider or whoever you host uh, your channel through because of content of some of the films? Because you don't seem to shy away from uh, the harder-edged kind of gore, sleazier type films. So through our previous streaming provider, we definitely had that issue. Um, and that was, you know, the trade-off, I think, of free was that you were basically bound to turn service that, you know. So, yes, I'll put this out there because they're probably, they're not even in business anymore. Um, Justin TV, who was around forever and basically let everybody do whatever they wanted, um, they had terms of service that basically was so, like, tight-knit to this little gaming community that said, you know what? You guys can't even talk violently. <laughs> it was like, nobody's going to get away with that because video game players are like talking about killing shit. You know, it's just how it is. So we kind of learned really quickly that they won't ban you so long as nobody reports you. And for uh, two years almost, we went on without getting banned. And the reason that, you know, somebody decided that during Time to Kill, which 
pronounces it pronounces itself very proudly as an X-rated film, even though it's not even close. No. Um, it basically that flash, and that was all it really took. And plus, we really kind of went on edge a little bit and said, you know what? I'll let Brian Williams come up with whatever he wants to come up with as a contest. And he was like, yeah. So here's my address. If whoever sends over nude pictures is going to win a free copy of Time to Kill. So I'm like, uh. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm totally open to doing whatever because I don't give a shit. Um, I, right. I, that's the free form of having your own channel and not being bound to any network rules or anything like that. Well, especially because you're on that you're on the internet. Why should you need to have rules as long as you know you're following the guidelines of whatever the the host provider is? Your channel should be free form to be what it is. Your channel, whatever you want to put out there. Right. And we've kind of corrected that by just saying, you know what, Spirit, we're going to buy our own service. Um, and we're going that way there's no terms of service that restrict us at all. <laughs> so going forward, when we start uh, our relaunch in, in the Halloween weekend, um, that's all a brand new player through a different streaming solution. And uh, there are no restrictions, which only means we're going to get more depraved as time goes on. <laughs> and uh, you do know a lot of people that make depraved, depraved, sick and depraved shit. Yeah. Well, I, I love like our lineup. Um, so here's a good, here's a great story. We had a, a great little animated show. I've always wanted to have an animated show. Because I feel like we sort of have like one type of thing, and we I like diversifying a little bit. Um, and so we had a, a cool show called House of Monsters, which looks like it's all claymation, um, done in like Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas style, with like the Universal Horror Monsters and stuff like that. It's really cute, really fun. Um, and they were gonna work with us because they really wanted to put their stuff on the channel. And then they saw our lineup. And they were like, I don't know if this works with Pizza's Death Squad <laughs> and a puppet snuff film. So oh. I was like, you're probably right. I mean, <laughs> as much as I want to air it, let's be honest, it's <laughs> probably not the best fit. I would love to be able to kind of diversify a, a little bit, but I mean, honestly, this is what's in the underground scene right now. This is what people are watching. They're going here because Hollywood says fuck you to everything else. So I can't turn people away uh, that really need something that they're, they're actually going to get into. I mean, when I, we were kids, there was shit like Hellraiser and Nightmare on Elm Street and all that stuff. There's not even anything remotely close to that in the yeah. theater anymore. And you're getting all of that stuff kind of through the independent scene these, this day. In age, and it's kind of sad that you only can find it there. But if that's where you got to find it, let's be the place where you can go to for it. Right, right, right. Now, do you feel that maybe the underground scene is wallowing a little too much in uh, gratuitous violence and sex? So I, I don't know if that's ever going to be the case for because there's always going to be that subsection of film that does that kind of stuff, no matter what, and it always has been. It's just. You know, going back as far as we can go back, there's something similar to that um, in, in the in the horror genre. I don't know if that's the case. I just think that it's the people that are doing it are much better these days at promoting themselves. Other <laughs> <laughs> stuff out there, so I think it's been you know more prevalent for anybody that's looking into indie horror. That's the stuff that comes up first. Well, that or jessica cameron and you know like i feel like there's a couple sections of independent horror that are getting out there it's like the really gross over-the-top extreme shit or 
the girls that are pretty. <laughs> that sounds bad, but it's kind of your two subsections that are getting out there. Right. Well, it's, it's unfortunate, too, that some of the stuff with the girls that are pretty are being kind of looked at as, oh, these are just vehicles for pretty girls and there's no real substance to any of this stuff, which we know is bullshit by evidence of, like, Lori Bowen and Shannon Lark putting out I Am Monster and uh, Karen Lamb with her her films and stuff like this, that, that it isn't all just, you know, women wanting to up themselves to, on the social ladder and look pretty and hot and shit like this. Absolutely. I think the, the problem is, is that the fan bases are looking at it in that direction. I kind of didn't mean to sound derogatory with it, but... Oh, no, absolutely not. I think that's just how the, the way that the fan bases kind of, like, team up on one side or another instead of just being... Uh, you know, like I, you know, Jessica Cameron has ruffled obviously a number of fe- uh, feathers with uh, Truth and Dare because of people's loyalties towards Tim Ritter and where that concept might have come from. Um, I have a lot of loyalty to a lot of people that are really close to Tim Ritter. Yeah. I'm, I'm in that spot where it's like we need to be presenting everything. So if Jessica said, hey, let's air Truth and Dare on the channel. I would have her on. I don't really want to get too far into that conversation because I also have allegiances with Mr. Tim Ritter. So I, I, <laughs> that conversation is uh, is one that I've always tried to skirt away from. We had we actually had a pretty long conversation a while back on an, a previous episode of Astro Radio Z when all that garbage kind of fell through and fell down. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about <laughs> about, about cool shit. And, um, but it makes so, a good point, right? We didn't even go like an inch deep into that and do you see how that like created this weird divide like that's that's the independent horse absolutely totally and have you ever kind of encountered that with your own channel where you maybe you've you played something and not like what you had just where they just thought there was a conflict because of content but more of like oh you played this person well you must be on their side and you have you ever caught any of that that stupid piddly little drama we've been mostly lucky to run away from drama because I hate drama in personal life and otherwise I'm really not a fan of it um, and I try to avoid it like the plague but I noticed like when our channel went down we ran into all of this weird drama that I never even knew existed um, another channel that's out there uh, that is you know giving people independent horror as well you know, like there was conflicts internally with us because of differences of opinion there was um you know different groups were aligning like lair of terror and beneath the, the underground and people within those groups have been arguing and i've never encountered any of it until all of a sudden like in two months all of it got heaped on me at once it's I fucking like, insane uh, i don't even get the point of it it's like no. we all supposedly supposedly agree that we should be promoting all independent horror so that it gets out to everybody so why is there ever an ego involved outside of like, you know, I'm just trying to help. And that to me, that's all I think about. Like when I'm trying to work with everybody, it's not because I'm going to work with that personality to push that personality. It's because there are people within like say beneath the underground that really love independent horror. There are people with who really love independent horror. There are people that watch, you know, FDTC who really love independent horror. I want everybody on the same page and I want to try to help 
get it out to everybody. So I will work with everybody and try to steer clear of everything <laughs> if I can. It's it's tough nowadays, man. And I, I'm a big supporter of Beneath the Underground. They they came out in full force of Cinema Wasteland the first night on Friday night. They came out and literally like bought in mass. Every one of them came out and bought Hole in the Wall on VHS. I, I have nothing but love for those cats. But I know there is so much stupid drama between because I think it's, you know, it's the whole idea of social media is that now we have instant celebrity where people get inflated egos. They think they're a lot more important than they are and have no sense of like they are not humble about anything. They can't step back and go, hey, who the fuck am I? Why am I taking this so damn seriously? Aren't I here to really just love and support the genre in, in cinema and, 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 and be with other like, like going to a convention where you go to a convention to be around other people like you because normally in your in your everyday nine to five life you know you you encounter people that think you're the biggest fucking weirdo on earth i don't get it i personally don't get the whole you know internet drama between different facebook groups and different different factions with like little clicks and shit like that it's kind of like the whole point of what hole in the wall the movie we had made that's actually going to be premiering on tv on halloween but we'll we'll talk about that in a second but that's kind of the whole point of of our movie was was a fuck you to all this drama all this stupid drama that kept going on and we wanted to show hey Here's a group of people that get along. They got along so well, we decided to make a fucking movie together. So, I mean, I, I, I'm with you, man. I don't get it. I just don't fucking get it. I think, like, one of the things that we were asked to do, um, we're asked to do it quite often, actually, is to, hey, can you sub- give me a, a line for the movie or whatever, do a review on my film, and then maybe you can, uh, we can put it on the box or something like that. And that got me thinking, should I be doing film reviews? Should I be doing it? And the one thing I always argued against that with was I don't want the channel to look like it has a point of view. I want it to look like we support everything completely. And so if I go out and give you a blurb to put on your box, which by the way, as a kid, if my name was on the box of a film, I think I'd be the biggest fucking geek ever about it. (laughs) My whole life. But if I go and do that, I'm opening us up to this whole we the channel has an opinion. And then the channel has got a point of view towards or to or against my work and whatever. And I try to avoid that like the plague. And what started I think a lot of this was that people started forgetting that if you're supporting independent horror and you start to put out your opinion as if like it's you know, when you're talking on behalf of your group, you're saying on behalf of your group this is what I believe, and this is what we believe, and it sounds like you're attacking if you dislike something. It sounds like you're attacking as a group, that filmmaker, and we avoid that. I will not do it. I'm not even interested in doing reviews on the page. We can have more content in a million different ways, but that's just not one of them. And uh, I think that started a lot of the heat that's been going on, and I feel bad for all parties involved because I know that's like not the way it was initially intended, and then it was taken really personally on the other side. I just think if you're promoting independent horror, you got to play neutral all the way across the board so that you're supporting everything. And that's the all people see out of you is that you are supportive. <laughs> Not having a side is the controversial side. That's fucking hilarious to me. That's what that's what caused shit was that you didn't want to be involved. That I mean, we, we got a lot of different comments about how we weren't being helpful or whatever the case would be. And I was like, uh, I do it. If I do 
like I open it up and then where does it stop? Like how many reviews do I have to write? How many things do I, and some, some of these things were like, can you give us a blurb? And I'm like, is the film even out? (laughs) I don't even know if I've seen it. Yeah, man. It's it's a never ending. It's a never ending spile. That's why I, I, I always try to shy away with Astro Radio Z from becoming one of these, another one of these shows where people are just reviewing movies and trashing movies and talking about their opinions on, on this or that. And I, I always rather have just be, you know, general conversation and debate debate. Well, that's, that's one thing, but, uh, I'm I'm just here, just like you, to just support independent horror and genre horror um, in exploitation because this is what I grew up on. This is what I thrive on. So, uh, speak, speaking of which, uh, are you looking to get original content on uh, indie, on indiehorror.tv? Are you looking to to have like, regular scheduled TV shows on it? Because uh, we would love to have that. Uh, one of the things that we've been able to do uh, is reach out and get series programming. Some people have been making, obviously, you can tell with YouTube, the proliferation of the web series is a lot more common now. And so we've been able to get a few of those on. Although the weird thing about it is because of YouTube, you don't have any guaranteed length. It doesn't feel like a real show a lot of times. Some people are doing it like you know, eight minutes to 11 minutes long. So you're just trying to figure out if I'm going to promote this, you know, from a channel point of view, am I giving you like 9 p.m. every week and then just putting something on at 9.08? Or like, you know, like I got to think of it from a pro, uh, programming point of view. But yeah, we've always wanted to have like original contents too, uh, just so that we have different stuff. And I also want to give people that aren't making like feature length films as much of a place to go as anywhere else. I think, especially short films like, um, some of the best shit that I've seen in the last couple of years has been the short films that have come out. They've just, they've got this kind of, uh, you know, I don't have any restrictions by life. I'm just going to do whatever. And there's this great shit that's been just populating through. It's, I think I've seen actually a lot more really good shorts in the last couple of years than actually feature length films. Absolutely. I agree. So we try to make sure that they always have a place. We were doing it before and we'll probably go back to it again where Sunday nights was almost exclusively shorts all night long so that you could see some of the best stuff right on the channel. So what usually draws the most people? Is it usually just because of a certain director, or do you have a a fairly decent crowd for the short form content? I think, um, and this uh, this is, again, going back to kind of what we were saying before, but horror is a cult of personality. Um, You know, like, if somebody is successful doing something, People will follow them into, you know, into their shittiness, no matter how far deep they go. So, like, guys like John Carpenter, Wes Craven, they haven't done anything really great in decades. Uh, you know, at least a decade and a half for, a most, for the most part, that, in my personal opinion. Uh, but <laughs> it's it true. What, they could take a dump in a DVD box and people will love it. Um, and so, or at least watch it no matter what. So in a, in a similar sense, uh, that's kind of how it works with the channel too. If a director already sort of has like a, a really kind of built in following, they add on to our normal viewers, which creates a much bigger turnout. Um, just because of, you know, what are uh, the people love the person that's involved and they really support them. So that is not always, uh, sometimes people miss stuff because they'll only be watching when a director they know is coming up. If something Dustin's doing or Corey or somebody else is coming out, they really got their eye open to it and they want to see it. But this, that, those in between weeks, um, when the count is say 30 or 40 instead of 70 or 80, 
uh, those are the weeks sometimes where you miss gems that just kind of fell in and nobody knew about them. This, we had some really great stuff come from like Rufus Chafee and uh, uh, Erica Summers, and nobody really knows about those guys. And they've done some really good work that we've aired on the channel. And I always looked at look at it and say, hey, man, we are people are missing out. Don Thacker's Motivational Growth, uh, absolutely amazing movie. Uh, but kind of slipped by a lot of people. I, mean, I was surprised how many uh, indie film directors hadn't heard of it when I was talking to them. I'm like, God, you got to check this movie out. Yeah, totally. We're a big trumpeter of, of him here. He actually has been on a ton of episodes of Astro Radio Z. He's a great cat. <laughs> yeah, Don is wild. When we did a live director's chat with him, he did it from the set of a PlayStation 4 video game suit. Uh, uh, shoot, I should say, and he and the whole thing was like just basically one giant running gag where the actors came up and asked him really fun off the wall questions like, you should I have my head shaved? And is this the right color if we smash it? And the whole time he just straight manned it all the way across, and it was so funny. Uh, yeah, John's yeah. a great guy. I loved, I loved having him on the channel. Yeah, he's an interesting cat. So uh, let, let's get down to brass tacks. So you've been away for a while. So now what is this new rollout with IndieHorror.tv, uh, the big to-do this month? Sure. So uh, we decided we're going to come back. Um, of course, the one weekend everybody would expect you to, so we're predictable. Uh, but it's Halloween weekend, uh, October 30th, uh, the 31st, November 1st, and November 2nd. They'll be programming from approximately 9 to 9 every single night, except for the 30th. We start an hour earlier at 8 p.m. Uh, and it's kind of like, you know, we didn't have anything on for a couple months, so we just like hoarded all this shit and then just oh, let's just blow it all out at one shot uh, <laughs> and then we'll be screwed the next weekend i don't know but the so we decided that when we're relaunching um we're going to do a few things uh first we're working on and in the final stages of development on and, and um a google droid app that should be in the google place hopefully in time for the role if not very shortly after so people can watch it that way uh, again I mentioned we have that new player it's HTML5 so you're going to be able to go to our website on any device that used to be an issue because Justin TV was a flash player yeah. so if you could watch on Apple it was just a pain in the ass um, and so you know the, the cool part is, is that that takes care of the player issues we got a new chat room that should be a little bit easier to work with for people um, so technically we've got a completely different setup um, then the positive side after that is that we got the playlist and all playlists like I said we just kind of threw it all together and said fuck it let's just see what every see what people want to watch let's reward everybody for sticking with us through these two months down um, and it just we, we started off like I said you know let's start it off with a bang let's not just mess around and uh, the first thing we're airing is a live so we do these things called live directors chats and really they're like a video chat where we bring somebody on and they talk to you, the audience, and your questions in the chat room are what they answer. So it's like you get to talk directly to the to the director or the guest. And so like our very first thing we're kicking it off with is a live director's chat with uh, James Sato and uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis, the godfather of gore. We're talking yeah, about blood mania. And uh, of course, Herschel's done so many things. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of other questions that will go around that. But I'm like, well, how, how much better can you start it off with than having the Godfather of Gore kick off your whole weekend? No shit, dude. That's the fucking best. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, fuck, you're pulling out the big guns. 
Yeah, we uh, we've been trying to get some of the um, bigger names for a while just to kind of join us. I, I I'm literally not lying when I say we were seriously inches away from getting Carpenter on the channel at one point. Are you serious? Yeah, we uh, Sandy was all down for it, and then we uh, started talking to their assistant. And as soon as John realized he had to actually be a video camera for a while, he was not cool with that part of it. Oh, uh, he's like, you'll do an audio, but he wouldn't. He didn't really was not interested in doing the video portion of it. And we just couldn't get it all tied together. And I'm like, damn it, John. Stop being a little curm- curmudgeon. You can do this. <laughs> well, there is something a little intimidating but being on the, the webcam because uh, you've had me on for when you did Swamphead. Uh, me and uh, the, the two Swamphead boys were on. And I know it, it, at times it's, it's not really comfortable, but uh, the, I think it's the community that chimes in with the questions because you don't sit as a moderator and ask questions. You leave it up to uh, whoever's in the chat to sit and uh, ask the directors all this stuff. Uh, I think that the depends on how many questions we're getting <laughs> i have totally jumped in saying oh shit the questions are slow today and ask stuff because ultimately what we do is we record them and we'll put them on um usually within the next day or so we'll put them on youtube and say hey go ahead and take this and share this all over your, your site and whatever you want and it's basically yours to share uh because it's cool media to do and um so sometimes we'll get these really slow chats where people don't know what to ask. <laughs> so I will chime in with as many, you know, director-driven questions as I can to get people to to really liven up and respond. But, yeah, we've had – most people are like, yeah, this is a great – that was awesome. That was a, the, one of the coolest experiences ever. We had Mark Patton uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street 2 on, and before we went on, he was nervous as all hell. And he's like, oh, yeah. Shit. This is going to be terrible. And then by the time we were at the end of it, he's like, this was so amazing. You guys were so supportive. Next time I come on, I'm having the whole, I'm bringing the whole cast with me. (laughs) (laughs) He's a nice guy. We've had, we've totally had that kind of experience. I think we've had the other way too. Like uh, one of the most brilliant young directors is El Gustavo Cooper uh, that we've had on the channel. I think you're going to hear that guy's name in the near future as like somebody big in the industry. Um, and we brought him on and he just was so fucking nervous. You could tell he was like fidgeting and looking at the camera like, am I fucking up? Like, and we're like, dude, uh, calm down. You're like, we're, we make it conversational. It's like not a media interview at all. It's totally just a bunch of people shooting shit with the director. And that's the cool experience about it. So when you when you talk to Herschel Gordon Lewis, it's you shooting the shit with the fucking godfather of gore. You know, when you... When you get uh, right after um, Pieces of Talent, which is on immediately following Herschel Corn Lewis, right after that, we're having the director of that, Joe Stouffer, is going to be on. And guess what? You get to shoot the shit with that director. You know, like every uh, we got um, Tyler Schmidt and Josh uh, Wexelman from um, Remission are going to be on on Sunday night for a director's chat. You're totally shooting the shit with them. It's like you get to hang out with these people in your living room. Uh, it's like almost like a personal Skype call, if you think of it that way. So it's really cool, uh, super laid-back experience, and we're trying to keep it as fun as possible. Oh, and we've never had trolls. I'll, I'm going to keep that out there. Maybe I'm jinxing it. We've never yeah. had trolls. You just fucked yourself. We had we had Bull on the channel and didn't have a troll. <laughs> <laughs> Bull is like, the, he, he brings it I, like immediately after our chat, which was amazing. We went an hour and 15 minutes. And he didn't. He had. He was the nicest guy ever. Everyone liked him, and I don't think everyone came into a liking him. But they liked him after the fact, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And then we noticed after the the chat, like on his own page, he had people threatening to fly out to Vancouver to murder him, and very 
they were very serious about these different methods they were going to use to kill him. And they had like, Jesus Christ. It was like, wow, uh, these people really hate him. And not one of them came into the chat room. So <laughs> the way I look at it is we got uh, a perfect right now. Uh, weasels. That dude, <laughs> I always love hearing interviews with that dude. That dude's straight up. I think uh, the problem with uh, his situation is that he's been, you know, in order to get those bigger films, you really have to take a lot of concessions from the studios. And he kind of said it, because I made him basically say it on the air. I'm like, so who was the one that came up with the video game splicings? uh, (laughs) Because I want to know if that was you or if that was like Sega stepping in. And he was like clear about it. He was like, yeah. The studio basically gave me the money and told me this is what I've got to do, and Sega was the one fronting it, and that's why you know we put the video. Totally, on. yeah. So most people don't get that, and they just think, "Oh, this guy ruined my the shit that I love. He ruined Blood Rain. He ruined you know." But no, you know, the other stuff isn't all that like that. And like when he's had complete creative control, like with Rampage, uh, that movie's amazingly good. Have you seen the new one? I have not seen the sequel, not. not yeah, yet. it looks like it's up on Netflix. I, I loved the first one. I thought it was great. We played Rampage on our channel. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think everybody was blown away. But like, whoa, this is a bull film? And I'm like, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot better than I think we ever give him credit for. And Postal wasn't that bad. In general, I, in general, I think he's a lot better of a director than a lot of people give him credit for. Yeah, I, I, I think that ultimately it just comes down to those first couple films being properties everyone knew and they had like a certain expe- expectation for it. And when it didn't meet those expectations, they just labeled him as shit. Uh, but not everybody always falls into that category. I mean, you can have some really terrible films that are directed by people. I just want to point out to everybody who really hates Bull and says, oh, well, his early shit was shit, so he's always shit. Josh, uh, Joss Whedon put together alien resurrection so yes that is a piece of shit <laughs> absolute piece of shit i i will agree on that one totally um let, let's go down uh the playlist you have uh for your opening weekend here now you already said you had hgl coming on which I, i'm already gonna have to get a whole box box of tissue out for um then you have pieces of talent i had i had uh the the awesome opportunity and privileged to uh, have a table right next to Joe and the Pieces of Talent uh, crew this last weekend at Cinema Wasteland. Amazing people, loved them. Um, I got a copy of their film. I still haven't watched it yet. I might be waiting until uh, IndieHorror.tv to actually see it. That may be the way I see it. I don't know yet, uh, but they're awesome. So you got those guys, very exciting. That's a, that's a movie that's making a huge splash. Um, what else do you have going on that night? Well, that night we just decided that like, we're going to throw all of the hottest, um, you know, films that we could throw out there all at the same time. Um, so, like, a lot of people have been talking about Die, Die, Delta Pi, and we made sure that that got on that playlist that night. Um, Don't Go to the Reunion, as uh, we know that, like, that was a, a film that uh, has made the rounds and had only positive. I, I've only seen positive reviews from actual horror reviewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I stress that point because you can go to Amazon or whatever and get some dick that doesn't really know what they're talking about. Uh, but for the most part, the horror, the people that love horror, they seem to, you know, they all love the film. And last time we showed it, uh, it really had a great turnout. So we're excited about that. And then, you know, everyone keeps asking for, Hey, when are you going to play her name was torment and kill that bitch again? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's just put it on like all back to back. <laughs> So you have an absolute reason to stick around the whole night long. And it follows followed up after that, like, is 
every really amazing short that we like I can throw <laughs> out there all in a row. And I was like, hey, let's get uh, let's put on other Doll Boy, Eagle Walk, Babysitting, Burn, like just all in a row. Uh, so I'm really excited about like that first night is like can't miss TV. I think Thursdays used to be must watch TV on NBC. I think we're kind of doing that. <laughs> uh oh, watch out. So now you're not going to be running this 24 hours a day. It's just going to be you're going to start at what's your start time on, on Friday night? On Friday night, it's 8 p.m. Eastern time, and it'll go to around 9 a.m. Um, that next morning. That's and we were kind of sticking with nine to nines. Um, as other channels are trying to do 24, one thing I've been able to learn from experience is that when you do 24 hours, what, so the, there's kind of like two waves of time that people come in. You know, the peak time you're going to get at any given moment is probably going to be between 10:30 and 1 a.m. because that seems to be when people put their kids down and they got some extra time and they're watching their stuff, especially on Friday nights. Um, and then there's like a kind of a uh, it slows down a little bit, and then there's a pickup right around 6 6:30 a.m. That rolls until about eight ish. And that's because the European viewers are coming yeah. on. Um, and that's kind of cool. We've been able to, you know, get both ends of the wave. But by the time you get to mid afternoon again, running at 24 hours kind of becomes pointless because you only get a couple of, I mean, literally 10 or less the rest of the time. So it's not really doing a service to anybody if we're airing stuff during the day and you can't watch, you know, like people aren't watching it or they're at work and you can't, I'm not going to get a chance to watch them that time at three o'clock in the afternoon. So let's, uh, let's try to like go based around when most people are able to watch stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so let's move on. Let's go ahead to Saturday night. What you got for me? What you got? Well, we're leading into this uh, one film. I'm not sure what that one film is. We'll have yeah, to- I, I've never heard of this motion picture. But why, don't you, why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Well, it, the, going right into it, I kind of threw out there some of our the bigger, brand new debut shorts. Like, so the day before is like favorite. Like after after you get past the feature length films, it's all like favorites of the channel things that we've aired before that people really love. Like, and then it's kind of weird because the next night we open with. The direct, those same directors of those other shorts, their brand new stuff is debuting on the channel. So we've been waiting like forever to be able to get like uh, Silk from uh, Rob Heimbaugh is going to be on, and that's got Justin Beam in it. So we've been, I told Justin a long time ago, we've been like dragging our feet on finding a way to be able to get him on the channel. So this is the first way we can do it. And then I'm so excited about this because like we're getting it before it's, I'm like it's literally done this week. And that's Danny Del Purgatorio's newest short, oh, yeah. uh, Bodies. And he's, like, so nervous about it. And I'm like, are you serious? Did you watch other? <laughs> Everybody knows it's going to be fantastic. You don't even have to worry about it. Uh, Danny's a really humble cat. I, I love that guy. I've met him quite a number of times. And he, he's he's a genuine dude. He, he's the real thing. So, uh, you know, he just he's like every other filmmaker out there. He He's very hard on himself, and he wants to oh, make yeah, the best absolutely. thing possible, you know? Absolutely, but I'm here to build you up because I've seen your shit. So, <laughs> so I like I'm excited to have bodies before it's even going to hit a film festival. It'll be here, um, and then we're finally going to get Pat's latest thing, um, Pity on, and, uh, and then Jerry's latest service. I've I've watched them both. I think probably ten, maybe fifteen times each between film festivals and other places I've gone. So. Uh, I can honestly say that these are like, they're only like seven minutes each, but they are so good. Like, <laughs> they're so good. Like, yeah, Pity's Serp- a great flick, dude. And, and Service, like, I don't know what it is with Jerry, 
but he gets like Oscar caliber acting performances out of his actors. Like, I just don't know. I mean, like, I, there are a lot of really great um, uh, directors that can put everything together, the visuals and all that, and, you know, have a very good story all, all kind of there. But there's something about the way Jerry gets a performance out of his actors. Uh, if you watch Burn, Burn is like five minutes long. But the, the characters in that are so, I mean, like, so well done. Uh, and service is no different. It's like just balls to the wall, great acting. So I can't wait to show that. Um, and so I thought I'd like use that new stuff to really lead into Hole in the Wall, <laughs> which is your film, and uh, not just your film. It's a, it's a, I, I put down the chat um, Hole in the Wall game because I thought it was kind of funny. But um, there's a there's a ton of Wisconsin filmmakers that are involved with this and most of which have had their stuff airing on the channel. It's just a natural progression to have every, all of this tied to the channel in some way or another. So, you know, like you guys are the main event on Halloween. Um, and so that's really uh, like when I told that to the crew, they were very excited. I, I'm really, I, I really want to take this opportunity to just say thank you for thinking that highly of uh, of this work, regardless if you've seen it or not. To to want to put it on during the prime party slot on on Halloween night. I mean, that's pretty cool, dude. Well, the way I look at it too is like, hey, if you guys are having a horror movie party out there. You know, why buy anything? Just <laughs> click on our player and we'll provide the entertainment for you. Uh, and we're giving you a brand new, like a look at a film that's just right now hitting VOD. Um, and by the way, check that out. If you want to pick up a copy of it, I'm sure that Derek's got all the information here. But Yeah, I'll um, show the shit out of that later. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we felt like it was like, you know, first of all, the one cool thing that I've noticed is that... Um, there's a couple pockets of independent horror that are really, really strong right now. I feel like there's some really cool filmmakers in Ohio and Indiana. Totally. And Wisconsin, like my old stomping grounds, is just loaded with incredibly uh, passionate filmmakers who have come up with some amazing shit in the last few years. And um, I feel like it's sort of an extension of just maybe my home area or whatever the case might be. But uh, we have featured a lot of it. And I feel really good about the fact that we are able to give you guys a, not only just a prime slot, but, I mean, it's not like we're giving you anything. You guys have more than earned it. It's Your shit's amazing. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's exciting to have you guys on the channel. We couldn't be more excited, actually. Well, thank you, man. That that means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to the rest of us because uh, this particular project wasn't an easy one. It it took a lot of work, and we initially thought it was going to be something that would be easy because everyone initially was very excited about it. But as you well know, being in contact with other filmmakers, making a film is no joke. It's tough, and uh, it does, it's not all uh, you know, ro- you know, walking through the tulips and uh, you know reach rounds it's a, it's a lot of backstabbing and, <laughs> and, and heartache i think well it's you know you also have you know all these different directors are doing their own different things so you have like completely different sets essentially that are are kind of un, they're under their own control and you got to try to get everybody to get it all together so it's a, there's outside of just directing you're having to manage a lot of different personalities at the same time to get your get the work all together so it's a little bit of a different beast um but you know like hey you started talking about this with us i think 
geez, it's got to be at least a year and a half ago that we started talking about it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad to see it completely. This this has this weekend has a couple of those labor of loves like that. Remission is something that started at least two years ago. Totally. Um, and Tyler finally got it all wrapped together and finished, and he's been working on it forever. So it's like one of those things where sometimes you know you don't you can't all be Dustin Mills and pop out five films in a year. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's ever going to be another person other than I think the closest uh, person I've ever known or known of that was like him was Takashi Miike back in his golden era where he's cranking out 50 films a year. Jeez. And I, you know, I, Dustin is in a completely and utter, utterly creative beast. I don't know how the hell he does it, but, um, for everybody else, it's a hell of a process. So, like, I'm I'm totally excited about the fact that uh, you know we're getting to see the years years of work culminating together all in one weekend and being able to see it first here on IndieHorror TV. So it's really cool. I think you know we feel se- severely honored to be able to air this film. Well, thanks, man. I mean, not only this, I I, I always this film I just you know I wanted to showcase everyone that I could possibly get in that was in the Wisconsin scene as you said you already have the slasher studio boys going to be playing don't don't go to the reunion the night before uh John Pata was my effects guy on uh the wraparound segment the Plainfield Chopper and his pity film is going to be playing um you're going to be playing some Corey Udler at some point this weekend right Corey's got like a four straight film block. So, <laughs> oh, so okay. but you better bring the heavy drugs for that block. <laughs> well, I mean the the Saturday the Saturday night stuff is like really really <laughs> it's really out there. So I mean like without going uh, after your film airs, we're gonna have all you guys on for a live chat. There's many of you as we can at least, and um, and we're kind of going into some of that other stuff that we were talking about. How like. It doesn't get as much play because it's not as well known. Uh, but we got a couple of the different directors on there. They're really, I think, are, are worth listening to or seeing or checking out. Um, like uh, Corey Zuver has got A Night of the Living Dead and New Blood Rising. New Blood Rising was pretty good, actually. Um, and he did it very shoestring style in Toledo. Uh, and that's, like I said, Ohio is another one of those hot spots right now. So, you know, the, the Saturday, November 1st stuff, though, is just off the wall insane. You know, it's, it's basically, it's like Dustin Mills, and we got Snuff It, and the Hornet's Sting, and the Hell It's Caused. We have Swamp Head right after that. And then basically, uh, we have this uh, very, very short film from Brian Wolford, which is Psychedelia. And then it's Corey Udler and Dustin Mills, crazy as shit. <laughs> Boy. Boy, those people that are going to be strung out on heroin that night are going to have a rough night. I'm telling you, your, one of those your drug user audience is going to be fucked for the rest of their life. This is one of those days where you almost want people to like consider LSD. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be some insane shit. I'm like, there's a puppet snuff film starting off the... I've seen it. Uh, Dustin gave me a copy of it. And, oh my gosh, that movie. That movie is something else. There's a, I don't even know where he comes up with some of this stuff, but I guess it doesn't even really matter. <laughs> like we're going, like we're starting it off with a puppet snuff film, and then we're we're doing it with like um, uh, we're finishing off Mondo Schlocko, which is this really weird like demon abortion type of movie. Oh I mean, my gosh! I'm just trying to come up with the best way to describe it without giving anything away, but it's pretty hard to come up with anything better. 
<laughs> oh man, yeah, that's that's quite a duo. Now, have you been in contact with uh, James Bell? I have not. I have not. I really think being a Michigan boy now, you really need to get a hold of that cat. He's putting together some rather strange stuff. So now we have a contact. This <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you in contact with him because I don't know if Dog Dick necessarily is up in the horror TV's uh, alley, but his new short manure is one hundred percent a throwback to the grimy old shot on video days and it's it's nasty and and completely off the wall and uh it's amazing I, it's one of the big like if there was one film that i walked away from cinema wasteland this time with that i was just like wow this really kind of set me back it was manure <laughs> i love that yeah definitely it's- need get in contact because that's that's the fun thing too it's like there's always no matter where i look what stones i turn and and flip over there are always more um filmmakers that could use the additional exposure and that i you know somebody hasn't heard about so that's that's the hard part too is like i I think i've been questioned in the past like hey do you pay attention to what other channels there do you pay attention no, because it'd be impossible. If I had yeah. to keep up with everybody else and what I'm doing and contacting everybody like I do and, oh, yeah, having a family and work, yeah, right. um, I'd lose my mind at some point. But, um, you know, so, yeah, I always appreciate it. If anybody knows anybody out there that uh, would like you think that would be a good fit for IndieHorror TV, definitely come my way because I'll, I'll reach out to them. Yeah, well, how about we uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up now, Rob? Is there is there anything else you wanted to kind of throw on the table about uh, your opening weekend here that we haven't discussed? I think that's the the vast majority of it. I think the only other thing we didn't mention that was that World of Death um, after remission and that whole director's day on Sunday. World of Death is uh, Tony Wash and Ryan Wolford and the guys on me and such worthy pictures put together this uh, kind of ABCs of Death um, type of short film and anthology, and they had. Like literally, I think it was somewhere between forty and sixty uh, different countries submitted, and they've got uh, just hours and hours and hours of films, and we're getting six hours of short films from that that whole anthology collection, one time only from eleven thirty to five thirty um, on Sunday night. Jeez. So it's like it's I only get one shot at it, and because other you know after that you're gonna have to you know, pick up the anthology and the different discs and stuff like that. But it's a really cool feature, and I love the idea of having more filmmakers from all over the world uh, have a shot to be able to be on the channel. So definitely get me if you if you love short films, especially uh, come check us out. Sunday is gonna be that day. That's awesome. So how can people, if they they're either filmmakers or they're they're just fans of independent horror, how can they contact you, Rob? Uh, well, we have an email, which is info at IndieHorror.TV. Uh, you can come to our, our website at any point at IndieHorror.TV. And on Facebook, we're at Facebook slash, uh, Facebook.com slash IndieHorror.TV. Believe it or not, I got the dot in there on Facebook. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I think also Twitter, too, uh, at IndieHorrorTV altogether. Awesome. One last thing. So going forward, what is the the plan for the station? Are you going to keep to a weekend programming, or what do you what are you looking to do uh, going forward after the big uh, hoopla of the Halloween weekend? 
Well, um, that's a great question. So what we're plan our plan is to can go back to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights, um, at least every weekend that we can moving forward. But the one open date that we keep working on and trying to figure out is Thursdays. If we can get enough original programming, I'd love to make that like the focus of Thursday nights. If we can, you know, get that together or enough series programming at least, so we have like kind of a dedicated night to it. Um, but for the, for the near future, at least, you know, starting on like November 8th, I think it is, um, or no, I'm sorry, November, uh, November 7th, it'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, 9 p.m., 9 a.m., just like we're doing right now. Um, and that way, you know, you kind of can get that whole schedule into your head and get a program because if we, uh, if we're all over the place, you'll never know when we're airing. So 9 p.m., 9 to 9 on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I know I keep saying one last thing, but I, there's one last thing here. I know I, I think off air at one point you and I kind of discussed this. Now, are there ever any plans and you maybe trying to venture into like a Roku channel or anything like that? Actually, yes. Um, and we kind of only barely touched the, the surface of it in our announcement video, which went way too fucking long. Um, the original plan was I was going to try to make it like three minutes and then I started going through everything on every day. <laughs> And I couldn't shorten it beyond 15. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the company we're going through, we actually had, like, a guy look at it or look into it a little bit for us through Elance because I was trying to see if I could maybe hire somebody to write the code. But ultimately, it was like, you know, there's not a lot of Roku developers out there uh, that are even halfway reasonable. But as it turns out, the um, the company that we're going through for our web streaming is developing code for it and thinks it will be out in early January. So oh, that's awesome. Um, first quarter 2015, at the very latest, we should be able to turn this into a Roku channel for people as well. So so what is, what is the thought? Doing a streaming thing or maybe doing like an on-demand service? I think it would still be a stream just because um, it's easier to do like live chats and live events that way. Um, if you're just plugging stuff in, like right now, if you set up a Roku channel, you basically push all this, you upload all this stuff into a playlist and then let it play out. And that's sort of robotic for the channel. I really like the idea of it feeling free flowing and Hey, there's always somebody there and you know, you can participate at any point and there's usually somebody around to chat with you. So I kind of want to keep that whole concept together because it allows us to just kind of on the fly change shit up sometimes if like a, a file decides to be a piece of shit or whatever the case might be um we can just switch it on the fly and and like i kind of i love the idea of having a channel that plays off the concept of old hbo um yeah, yeah. which was like you know i mean sunday night on hbo you sat in front of the TV with your family that really fucking awesome intro hit and you're like yeah i'm gonna watch something awesome and then it was usually shitty but <laughs> not like something that made you feel hope and that's what i want the channel to feel like all the time so i was gonna say what i was saying was that with the channel i wanted to be like that whole experience of like you're getting everything all together you're gonna watch the scheduled programming it's really cool but at the same time i never wanted to feel like it's just a playlist that somebody just put on and just walked away from entirely for the entire night. I want it to feel like it's a human environment um, so that it's not something where you're just like set it and forget it and who gives a shit uh, because I think some places that can be the case and I don't want us to be like that at all. 
Yeah, there's a couple of those stations because uh, big shocker, most of my Roku channels are all horror channels and cult channels. Um, but uh, there's there's a couple of, like Bizarre TV and I think Red Eye or something like that. They do that kind of thing where you know they have a lot of public domain bumpers and then occasionally they'll have I don't know their their programming just boggles my mind. Um, but I but I love that concept of a streaming channel of just the most random weird stuff I've never heard of before. I think also too as we as we grow up, like we can show a cons, uh, continued sustained growth as far as viewers and maybe get more support from that that whole you know the whole community. We can maybe make the case that we should go to seven days a week, or we should invest in additional servers to try to make it a 24-7 channel with specific time periods where there's always somebody live. I mean, there's there's so much room uh, to do whatever we want with the channel and grow in any way we can. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. I think this weekend is going to be one of those ones where we give, we see what, and we've thrown everything we can at this at this weekend. This is really a good test for us to see exactly how big the audience can get. Well, I wish nothing but luck, Rob. Obviously, you, uh, you've you had my back. You're playing our film. So, you know, I'm a big supporter of this. I, I think you're doing a really great thing here. So, um, everybody, please go to IndieHorror.tv, bookmark the page, set your schedule. If you're, you're throwing a party and you're looking for some rad shit to throw on in the background for people to, like, get shocked over or just, like, get hypnotized by, definitely toss on IndieHorror.tv. There's some amazing programming. I mean, Pieces of Talent alone is something that I've heard just endless amounts of just gushing about that it's visually just completely striking. And then, obviously, if you're looking to get completely grossed out in Saturday night and uh, tune in to Hole in the Wall, everybody says that I understand sell this movie uh, but continue to undersell this movie it will fucking repulse you so uh, please tune in there's many more things going, to be going on going forward uh, Rob you're, I, I know you, you've got some tricks up your sleeve so I'm looking forward to it thanks for coming on the show man I appreciate it oh thanks for having me as always and uh, can't wait to see you on, on uh, Saturday night after the movie absolutely well right now it's looking like it's going to be just myself and uh Carolyn and possibly Rob. I don't know everybody else. It's it's Halloween night, man. You know, it's tough to get everyone together. So I think it's just going to be me, Carolyn Baker, and Rob Michaels. And they're actually two people you should be very happy to have on because their shorts in Hole in the Wall are the ones that everyone walk away from going, whoa, what the fuck was that? Well, and on the flip side, too, I think they're the only two, they're the two directors we haven't had on for other directors yet. So that works perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll dig them. They're awesome. So uh, as always, I'm Derek Carey. You can find me at uh, on Facebook for Astro Radio Z. Also, you can find, uh, you can contact me at Astro Radio Z podcast at gmail.com. Get a hold of me if you want to bitch at me. You want to maybe come on the show or you just want to say, hey, you fucking kick ass, which nobody does. So obviously I don't. 
um, yeah, please send me an email or I'm on the Twitter. Uh, uh, we're on Tumblr. We're on all that stupid bullshit. You can find Astro Radio Z. Obviously, you found it. You're listening to it right now. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Spreaker, blah, 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 anywhere where uh, podcasts can be found. If you are interested in seeing any of the stupid shit that I make film-wise, check out Swamphead. Check out Screaming in High Heels. You can get a hole in the wall through our Facebook page. There's many links. We have a store and uh, site where you can buy limited edition VHS. Only 50 tapes were made. Pick it up. Once they're gone, they're fucking gone. Tough shit. Otherwise, we have VOD. You can uh, check it out on Vimeo, uh, On Demand, or Indie Rain right now. Hopefully, we're, we're looking to get into Amazon and other uh, avenues. And the uh, money that you put into it right now goes into a potential physical media of like DVD and Blu-ray in the future. This is a purely independent production. We put all our money into it. We're not making a cent off of this. We just want to get this movie out to you guys to be able to see and enjoy it or puke over either or I've heard the latter is more the case. Um, so for me and from Rob, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Astro Radio Z. Catch you next time.
and weapons. Tell my family how. 